Welcome to MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. We conclude our four-part celebration of the MT Engage Student Success Program with Dr. Carmelita Dotson, John Sanborn, and Dr. Donna Dopwell of the Department of Social Work, Dr. Soraya Norguera, and Dr. Michael Rice of the Department of World Languages, Literatures, and Cultures, Dr. Alika Blackwell of the Department of English, Dr. Roberta Chevrette of the Department of Communication Studies, and Dr. Renee Jones of the Department of University Studies. We'll be back after this. Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. The MTSU Business and Economic Research Center's statewide housing report for the first quarter showed positive year-over-year trends in Tennessee for permits, mortgage tax collections, home prices, homeowner vacancy rates, rental vacancy rates, real estate transfer, tax collections, and foreclosure rates. The one exception among indicators was a slight year-over-year increase in past due mortgages of 1.2% in Tennessee and 2% in the U.S. For both the South and Tennessee, single-family construction permits fell slightly from the previous quarter, but all regions saw a year-over-year rise with the U.S., the South, and Tennessee up 24, 22.6, and 21 percent respectively. Multifamily permits for all regions were growing on a substantial level, particularly in Tennessee. The state saw a yearly increase of 58 percent. Home sales for all regions increased on an annual level, but only Knoxville saw an increase in quarterly closings at 15%. In comparison, Memphis and Nashville saw a decline in quarterly closings by 3.25% and 3.7% respectively. The quarterly report is funded by the Tennessee Housing Development Agency. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com. Start from the beginning uh, and uh, what MT Engage, what you have been doing with MT Engage and how that has uh, affected your classes and your students. For myself and some of my colleagues within the social work department, uh, back in 2017, uh, Professor Sanborn and myself went through uh, MT Engage's Summer Institute. And from the Summer Institute, Uh, We collaborated with our college, uh, the College of Behavioral and Health Sciences and all of the programs in that department to do a professionals taking care event for our students on campus. So it was a campus wide event that involved all of the programs, uh, but working with our students on how to learn how to take care of themselves from the self-care aspect. And so we had many different activities, again, from the various departments being represented uh, and everyone on campus was available to participate from that. And from the Summer Institute, um, myself and some of my colleagues in the department Uh, then uh, certified some of our courses as MT Engage uh, using high impact learning practices. Uh, So we, I think at the time may have certified three to four courses uh, for the following semester to include uh, an MT Engage reflective piece to our coursework. Uh, So different courses had different types of reflective type of activities. For us in social work, it was just a natural fit uh, 
uh, because that's one of the processes that we often ask our students to do is to reflect back or synthesize back on what was learned and how they can integrate that into professional practice. And we saw that as an opportunity to maybe align that with our core competencies that our students are to master through their journey for our accreditation process. So we, we saw MT Engage as an added bonus uh, to help our students to perhaps maybe uh, get the material integrated more smoothly uh, throughout their journey and to have an opportunity to, to increase beyond the classroom type of activities, uh, which we do some of anyway, but it gave us an opportunity to be really more creative about how we could do that. And so each one of the professors has an opportunity to uh, design their courses uh, uh, fittingly. Uh, for instance, in one of my courses, Practice 2, uh, the students have the opportunity to go out in the community of Murfreesboro and do a community needs assessment. This is something that they don't oftentimes get to do. And then after they complete that activity as a team, they complete a reflective uh, essay on how that experience was, how it connects back to previous experience, how it connects to the discipline, uh, how information can be transferred and to do a self-assessment. Then in about 2018, 2018-2019, we as a department decided to put in a proposal with MT Engage to do a professional uh, learning community. So I think there may have been eight, six to eight faculty that we worked all year long to try to align our courses uh, with MT Engage. And I think we were the number seven of programs on campus to become part of the major pathway. Uh, so we're still working with the pathway uh, because courses have changed, professors have changed. So that's something that we'll work in the future to do uh, is to continue to uh, have our major core courses be a part of MT Engage's major pathway. Then in 20 academic year 2019, 2020, I'm a little historian. Uh, one of our former colleagues, Dr. Nikki Jones, and I wrote a proposal uh, for a faculty learning community, uh, which is how we are all gathered here today now for inclusive teaching. Uh, and that FLC uh, specifically looked at inclusive teaching practices for the university. Uh, what does it mean? We looked at defining inclusive teaching, looking at what it means to have a safe community, to develop uh, particular research questions, workshop ideas, and to just continuously engage our university community on deliberately and intentionally uh, being inclusive. That's making sure that things are equitable, uh, that we include all forms of diversity. So we did that FLC uh, academic year 2019-2020. Pandemic hits in March of 2020. Uh, we still con conduct our business as usual. So out of the FLC uh, from the previous year, we came up with various workshop uh, ideas and potentially conferences that we might present at or maybe publication ideas for spring 2021. Uh, we developed three workshops to present to the university faculty and graduate students. 
Uh, in the coming fall, we're hoping to do three to four workshops uh, for that same population, but at this time infuse our students uh, into those activities. So what I'd like to do is to lead from workshop one, two, three, four, five, six, so that we'll kind of get a flow of how we came up with some of those subject matters. So the first workshop was an introductory workshop on what is inclusive teaching. And that was Dr. Donna and Dr. Soraya. We'll take a break here. We'll be back in just a moment. This is MTSU on the record. The Middle Tennessee Writing Project is a program that fosters the effective teaching of writing to students in kindergarten through high school. The project hosts annual summer institutes where teacher participants teach and learn from each other effective techniques of teaching writing. In addition, the project sponsors summer writers camps for youngsters. MTSU is one of 185 sites of the National Writing Project and one of only two in Tennessee. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The Tennessee Employment Relations Research Association, or TERA, gives labor relations specialists and academics a chance to share their views and their data. TERA wants academics and other interested in human resources and industrial relations to work together at meetings and conferences to strengthen the workplace. Many MTSU faculty belong to TERA, which has members in 20 states and 7 nations. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. We continue now with our discussion of the MT Engage program. Since Dr. Dopwell and Professor Sanborn, you share a discipline with uh, Dr. Dotson, I want to ask the two of you in turn, starting with Dr. Dopwell, how you think that uh, this has all worked to the benefit of your social work students? I think that uh, Dr. Dotson already spoke a little bit to the concept that a good portion of what we're doing is pulling from what we do as social workers anyway. So that part is kind of, we already had this starting point as social work instructors, as social workers, but I also think that there needs to be intention with regard to inclusivity. And that includes being able to look at ourselves and be able to say, what am I missing? What is it that my students need from me in order for them to be successful, in order for them to be seen, to know that they're seen, and to also know that they don't get singled out. For example, if I'm thinking that some students might be struggling to find food, which has happened in the past, you know, throwing food at the students who are, who I, I know are having struggles with that, with that while we're in class or something along those lines, is not really inclusive because now I've just singled them out. But if I maybe um, bring food or, you know, we've done this with it as a department, we'll bring food and, you know, have snacks available for our students and they can just come and get them if they need them. And there's no judgment and there's no question. And uh, we've talked about making sure that our syllabi are more inclusive are you know, showing that, we're not just focusing on Eurocentric, male-centric, et cetera, heterocentric expectations of the world. You know, even in social work, we, we are not perfect and we still have had a certain perspective that we've come from and are trying to expand from. And, and I think that the students recognize it when we do make an effort to include elements of culture which connect to them, 
elements of need which connect to them, people they're reading about who look like them or who have the same issues that they had, you know, are struggling with religion as they might be. Things along those lines are important for us to be absolutely intentional about, you know, as they say, good, good intentions are, you know, it's not enough, right? Uh, we have to act on those intentions. We have to do, we have to review and revise over time because this world changes, our people change, our needs change over time. And what someone needed 20 years ago is not necessarily the same as what someone needs right now. When we're in a pandemic, when uh, we are not able to be safely together, when people who really do better in classroom setting don't really feel like Zoom is for them, we need to figure things out to help address those kinds of things. And that includes, as you know, Dr. Dotson mentioned, making sure that the students are part of that process. Uh, one of the things that we made sure to do as a group uh, was to put together survey questions for our students in multiple disciplines to answer questions and let us know what they felt about inclusivity. How, when have you felt included? When have you felt excluded? You know, what do you feel needs to be done in order to ensure inclusivity? Those kinds of questions are important for us to have answers to, and we cannot answer those questions for our students. Professor Sanborn? The MT Engaged Social Work Connection has really helped us here get, get support for what we have been doing and what we want to continue to do. Dr. Dotson mentioned that uh, a lot of social work education is experiential and has a, a focus in terms of a profession rather than just an academic exercise. The experiential components of the MT Engage program have been very helpful for us to get support in doing what we're doing. The uh, MT Engage staff has been very, very helpful in workshops we've had, and ideas we get from staff members and, and, and staff information information from that program have been very helpful. We've mentioned diversity a great deal. And if uh, you don't appreciate diversity in world languages, literatures, and cultures, where would you? We'll start with Dr. Rice here and talk about, uh, if you would, Dr. Rice, the uh, importance of being open to all different kinds of cultures, not only within your discipline, but within the classroom. I'm sure as everybody's aware, when you're studying, for example, my, my discipline is German, there is multiple German cultures within within the field and, and uh, in the uh, Spanish-speaking world and French-speaking world. I, I think there is a general perception that when you teach uh, a discipline like German, everybody's going to be blonde and blue-eyed that you're talking about, and that's not true in German. And I wanted to open the experience up to the campus to also show, to get some great ideas to bring back into the classroom to say, look, you are diverse. This field of study is very diverse and let's see how diverse, how this, how we interact with each other. What I have really loved about this journey over these, uh, over this past year and a half, almost two years going on is the investigation in how can I make my class more open, more accepting, more uh, wide ranging. I have to admit, I always thought that I did that very well until I started talking with colleagues and we started brainstorming and reading and doing stuff. And, and I just realized, wow, there's so much more that I can do. 
And I've been trying very hard to open it up to not have expectations of students, but also uh, letting them explore different aspects of, of German cultures and, uh, and make uh, connections with themselves. Dr. Nogueira? We have been involved with this FLC for almost two years. And for me, it's always a learning experience. How can I make my students learn and feel comfortable in class? This entire process has been really, really surprising to me. I had to break a lot of implicit bias that I had. Being a, uh, from a minority group, I had in my mind that I was pretty much open in uh, to cultures and, and different perspectives. But when I start reading and I start developing some of my ideas to be more inclusive, I also learned that there are a lot of things that I have to learn. And one of the things that I try to implement in my classes is, is to get students involved. I have always a plan how I will be developing a class, but I'm also asking my students to give me um, some input and in how I should be developing such a class in terms of topics that I will be teaching. And uh, I was initially involved with um, Gen Ed Redesign. And after that, I decided to be involved with MT Engage. And from MT Engage, I had this great opportunity to participate in this FLC. We had so many things to share with our colleagues uh, across campus. So it has been really, really great overall. One of the problems that we have in Spanish, for example, is Spanish and Portuguese, because I teach Spanish and Portuguese languages. It's the gender of the language. We, we are so gender oriented that it's really, really hard uh, for us to break this, you know, knowledge that we can go beyond that. Time for another break. This is MTSU on the record. The Middle Tennessee State University Women's Studies Research Series features compelling monthly talks on gender-related topics by faculty and graduate students. The series offers a chance to learn about research and progress and to chat with faculty in an informal setting. All lectures are free and open to the public and are held on the MTSU campus. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. The Army ROTC College Program at MTSU prepares students mentally, physically, and emotionally to become leaders and promotes virtues of duty, honor, country. ROTC cadets are involved in all academic disciplines, athletics, and student organizations at MTSU. Full scholarships and tuition assistance are awarded based on merit. All cadets upon graduation will serve their country as second lieutenants either in the Army, Army Reserve, or Army National Guard. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. We continue now with our discussion of the MT Engage program. Dr. Chevrette, you're in communication studies, so let me ask you about the interdisciplinary aspect of this because sometimes we all get wrapped up in our own little trips and we don't really know what the other guy is doing or what his 
or her journey is all about. One of the reasons for my getting involved with the faculty learning community is that I had founded a communication studies department committee focused on justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion, or the JEDI committee, as we called ourselves. And so I was very interested in getting to know others on campus working in these areas. And that has been a really beneficial outcome of the learning community. And I think something that will continue to mobilize us and hopefully allow some further integration of these concepts of inclusive teaching and high impact practices and foregrounding diversity and interdisciplinarity within and across the university. And what about you, Dr. Jones, in uh, university studies, how has uh, MT Engage worked for your students and how does it keep them focused and on track? Well, I think I can can agree with something that Dr. Dogwell said earlier about singling out students. Our outside the classroom experience uh, assignment that our students do kind of pushes them to go seek help from the library as well as the writing center. Some of the things that students tend to be a little hesitant to do or maybe don't have time to do. And so since it's a part of our MTA engaged class, then it helps them to go and maybe it removes some of the stigma of going over there to seek help. And so I think that that has helped. And the students have commented that they really need it, especially the library one, because many of our students are returning from a long absence from college. And so they're coming back and things are very different. I'd uh, like to hear what uh, Dr. Blackwell has to offer. How does it work for you in uh, English classes? Well, the reason I joined this FLC was that I'm primarily interested as a linguist in how language can be integrated in our understanding of how to create inclusive classrooms. So, you know, how to legitimize varieties of English, not just in contexts where we have multilingual students, but also in contexts where we have, you know, native speakers of English who bring to the classroom their own variety and who may feel as if their own variety is not necessarily variety that deserves a voice in a classroom setting. Finding ways to incorporate linguistic diversity and learning from each other and you know, finding ways to allow them to use the variety and possibly assess in ways that don't penalize students unnecessarily for using their own variety of English, I think is definitely important. When I joined the FLC, one of my specific interests has long been the idea of like decolonizing the syllabus. So not just including a diversity or culture unit at the end of the semester, as many textbooks tend to do, and then that gets copied in the classroom, but instead integrating different perspectives and challenging the kind of Western centricity, whiteness, masculinity, um, cis heteronormative aspects of the canon. But in the faculty learning community, I really learned a lot about how inclusivity is not just about course content. As a result, I've become much more conscientious of the ways in which inclusive teaching requires not just, you know, addressing hierarchy and power relationships or sitting in a circle in the classroom, um, but it's being very deliberate about incorporating high impact teaching practices like those encouraged by MT 
engage because these kinds of teaching practices appeal to and involve students from a variety of socioeconomic, racial, gendered backgrounds. Dr. Jones. As a member of a minoritized group, sometimes I may not feel included in the university community. I didn't know any of these professors prior to joining that FLC. And I now know a number of people and have a connection with them and feel included. I did the MT Engage in the the summer of 2019. Uh, That helped me to develop a process within my practice course in which students became an organization, a social service organization, and they were learning about micro, mezzo, and macro practice. They went out and interviewed people. They did, you know, assessments of, they developed their mission statements. They really learned a lot about what was going on. They decided what their, their organizational name was. They decided what their mission was and their vision and all of that. The thing that I heard the most about about what they said, you know, what they got out of it was they had no idea how broad, how far reaching, how integrated with other disciplines social work really was. They learned about what it really means to be a social worker. They did so in ways in which they wouldn't have gotten out of class. MT Engage allowed me to actively address the need for students to have a more tangible understanding of what's going on in this world. I think the pandemic has made us a little less able to do certain things like that, but on a, on a certain strange sort of level, it's also given us all something we're all involved in to focus on, to understand, to, to learn from each other. You know, even as we're all experiencing this pandemic, we're all experiencing it differently as well. So I think at the, at the moment, inclusivity has to necessarily identify and address those elements of the pandemic, which may be excluding our students, or as Dr. Jones mentioned, our faculty. You learn until you leave the earth. And so this is an opportunity for us to learn together. So not only have I had an opportunity almost for two years to learn with some wonderful individuals, but just to be able to infuse our different disciplines into my own, being able to have more information about what my colleagues are doing and suggest that my students go take some of their courses. But the opportunities to be involved with MT Engage, a PLC, an FLC has really been a great support for me. And it also helped me to embrace the idea of equity diversity and inclusion more because that's at the core of what we do as a profession. But it also validated those premises. Getting different minds together and sharing in a trusting way can really bring about good results. And I I think we've really seen that with this group. Thank you all so much. We'll be right back. The Middle East Center at MTSU seeks to promote greater understanding of the politics, history, and culture of this vitally important region of the world. Its mission includes the promotion of outreach programs and faculty research. The center sponsors lectures by Middle East experts and scholarly exchanges. We're especially pleased to offer a new interdisciplinary minor in Middle East studies with courses in Arabic and Hebrew. This is Dr. Alan Hibbard, Center Director. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. Women in Science and Engineering, or WISE, helps college women prepare for and become involved in science-related careers. 
WISE nurtures women's interest in these fascinating and critical fields and provides mentoring and networking opportunities. The group's main goal is to assure women of their importance in all scientific and technical fields and to promote equal opportunity and treatment of women in science. I'm Dr. Judith Iriarte Gross, WISE advisor. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. Randy Weiler has the middle moment. MTSU Provost Mark Burns has named Chemistry Department Chair Greg Van Patten Interim Dean for the College of Basic and Applied Sciences in a one-year appointment. Van Patten praises outgoing Dean Bud Fisher and shares his own vision for the large and highly visible college featuring aerospace, concrete management, and more. My goals for the coming year are really to, to maintain and continue our momentum. My predecessor, Dean Fisher, has done a great job over the past nine years positioning us and uh, building uh, in enrollment, building uh, buildings, uh, building research uh, output at a time when other universities have had a difficult time. And uh, so I want to continue that. I want to make sure that our students continue to be able to reach their goals uh, with career placement, uh, graduate and professional schools. Uh, I want to continue building uh, our research output. And I want to make sure that the people around the state, our state leaders, um, our alumni and friends, our teachers and counselors, uh, and prospective students are all aware of the great things that are happening here at MTSU. That's MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU on the Record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's Marketing and Communications Office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.